Hi, this is James Joker, host of Webcomics Reviews and Interviews. Tonight, we're looking at doing a comic without an artist. So sit back, relax, and let the Geek Fest begin. One of the cool things about being a writer is our skill set. That is, if we put a string of words together, it usually means something. We can find pretty much anything on the internet and then promptly wish we'd never heard of it. Some of us have gotten so many rejection notices that we've developed a really nice thick skin that protects us from most damage. Unfortunately, one of the skills that we do not have is the ability to draw. Trust me, the last person you want on your Pictionary team is a writer. Well, the problem is that we're trying to actually do something that involves, you know, a visual-based medium like comics is that the ability to, well, not draw is a major disadvantage. This means that we have to track down a, an illustrator who's more than willing to work with us. Unfortunately, if you've ever been to any kind of comic book site, especially those that have discussion boards where you can actually look for artists, you're going to find a thousand and one writers looking for an artist and not a whole lot of artists looking for writers. The big problem here, well, obviously, besides that little bit of a disparity issue, is that the artists are actually looking for something to, well, pay bills with. And most writers only have exposure bucks. This means that, well, because we can market ourselves, we can basically help an artist get off the ground. Unfortunately, of course, most of these artists are, well, people who should be holding a pencil or equivalent in the first place. You know, they've got all the books on how to become a great illustrator, and they haven't opened any of them. They kind of do the kind of art that you see on a bathroom stall and congratulate themselves for it. So, not really to the type of people you want to work with. The problem, of course, is that the people that with skills to pay the bills actually want to use those skills to actually pay their bills. And exposure books don't go a whole lot of ways towards doing that. The best you can get, do is if you have a really great script, and I mean it has to be Shakespeare the Second Coming, you know, brilliant dialogue, great thematic elements, well-rounded characters. It has to be so shiny that it will outshine the sun. Unfortunately, most comic scripts aren't like that. And even if you do get an illustrator to work with you, they're going to be wanting a share of future profits, usually a 60-40 split in favor of the artist. So, there is that. Suffice to say, this means that you have a lot of writers that are trying to figure out ways to do comics without illustrators. We love you guys, but... So, throughout the years, there have been a lot of solutions to that particular problem, and we'll be looking at a whole lot of them. So this is going to be coming off as a little bit more writer-centric than normal. But, if you do happen to be an actual artist type, I'm going to cover you right now in two ways. First off, there's going to be a lot of interesting techniques and styles and all that that are going to be discussed. You might want to pay attention to those just because some of them actually are sort of fun to try once in a while. And if you happen to be one of those kind of artists that can do stuff that, you know, it's not drawing, but it's still considered art like painting, charcoal, that sort of thing. Hey, you can still basically go out and talk to a writer about doing a comic script. There's a lot of different comic scripts out there. And, you know, it'd be sort of cool to actually see a lot more that are doing watercolors. 
I mean, I've seen some and they've turned out pretty well. Um, even in the Straight Comics build, if you want to see some really cool stuff, check out Bill Sinkowitz. You know? There's some really great stuff there as far as comics and painting goes. And some people tried watercolors, and that's worked as well. It's a lot more work intensive, granted, but it tends to also work out really fabulously, especially in the right genre. You know, we're looking more of the romance, horror type stuff. And I'm not pairing those by coincidence. So, the bottom line here is that, even though I know this is going to be looking for a way for writers to basically eschew the usual dynamic, you know, the usual writer-illustrator thing, if you have to begin to doing the art yourself, you might want to pay attention to what's going on because there's going to be a lot of fun stuff discussed. So with that, we're going to start with stick figures. Yes, those things that you key in your kindergarten are doing and they struggle with it. Well, that's obviously a great little stepping off point because, you know, everybody can do it and there actually have been a number of great web comics that use stick figures. Cyanide and Happiness, for example, is probably the classic example. But it's not exactly alone. SKCD is another great one. Real basic art, simplistic forms, that sort of thing, and you can do a lot with it. I mean, I know it sounds nice and simple, but, you know, the fact that it has no details, that a writer can actually get into and doing it, works out pretty well. Uh, some words of advice. Try to avoid characters with the same tone or really light tones. In other words, if you've got the dark red ninja, the dark blue ninja, and the bright yellow ninja, yeah, they're not going to come up too well on a black and white screen. And keep in mind that some of our tablets and that sort of thing still deal with black and white rather than full color. Also, and this is going to be a point I'll be making a lot, is that the writing does not necessarily have to be simple. Yeah, you're going to be trying to eschew a lot of the basic action in that because you really can't get away with it all that well. Stick figure pirates sound cool, but when you start looking at, say, stick figure samurai and stick figure ninja, there's not a whole lot of difference between the two. Except for the pirates have this really cool hat, and yeah, it's really difficult to get the, the uh, eye patch right and all that. But you can do some really cool stuff with just stick figures, and it doesn't have to be ultra simple. Uh, you are going to tend towards, you know, talking heads a lot, as well as what's called the bottle situation. You ever watch a TV show and you notice that they have, like, one set, and that's all they ever use? Whereas this is really great for a sitcom, and it really gets aggravating when we start talking, like, science fiction. When they literally have, like, bedroom, maybe the bridge. But, you know... Yeah, it's basically you've got one very small set and that's where all the action has to happen. Gets aggravating? Well, if you're going to be doing stick figures, get used to it. Again, you can get away with some reasonably sophisticated art. You definitely see a lot of shapes, solids, that sort of thing used as well as the stick figures. So you can have some definite fun with the art. It's just keep in mind you're going to be wanting to keep it nice and simple. Um, and this applies to the color palette as well. So, just keep that in mind and you should be fine. Again, it's a great little way to start off and, you know, it's not necessarily all that bad. Going up to sophistication, we didn't have clip art. 
Flip Art is sort of cool because for what amounts to a nominal fee and a lot of times even free because let's get real, a lot of art programs carry a lot of free clip art with them. You know, it's pretty good. The limitation you've got is that you're limited to what clip art you have available. Meaning that if you're trying to get a really sophisticated looking character going and he's got all these different prerequisites to what he has to look like, you're not going to be able to find it. You want to find a leprechaun? You're going to find a zillion and one variations on leprechauns, no problem. On the other hand, if you want to find a leprechaun that happens to be wielding double katanas, that could be a lot more difficult. So basically, instead of looking for exactly the character you're trying to, to depict, you're going to want to go with something a little bit more general. Um, again, clip art has been used as webs comics to effect. Uh, the dinosaur comics is probably the classic example here. There are, of course, some limitations besides the limitation, you know, besides the limitation of depiction. You're going to be dealing with a lot of um, copy and paste. You're going to be dealing with a lot of similar panels to the point where some of the panels are going to be exactly the same. And when it comes to what you can do with a clip art, well, you're pretty much going to be find out real quick that you can take the clip art and if you want to take use it as the basis for several different characters, well. You can scale them differently, you can make them fatter, you can make them thinner, you can make them shorter, you can make them taller, you can even change the colors to some degree. So, you can take the same basic model and transform it into a half dozen different characters. This is really great if you're trying to do a parody of, say, Mortal Kombat, where, yeah, palette swap is pretty much a given term. Um, the basic problem is you're going to have is that you're going to find out really quick that you are do have some interesting limitations. So, you know, basically you're not going to be able to do more than static posing. Whereas with stick figures, you can pretty much pose them however you want. With clip art, you can't do that. You have to find something that's going to be similar to the pose you're trying to do. So again, you're going to go with want to go with generic characters rather than specific ones to give you the maximum number of poses available. Other than that, though, clip art comics can be really fun and can have a definite philosophical aspect to them. In fact, that's usually what they're used for. Just be prepared to start using a lot of the more interesting tools of Photoshop in order to scale them or even flip them around. So, you know, it can be fun. Next up is the dreaded Sprite comic. If you're curious, a Sprite comic is essentially based off the... Backing up by about half a step here. Whenever you play a video game, you're not actually dealing with characters that have been fully animated. That is, you're dealing with characters that have... Are a series of different little pictures depicting the animation. What this means is that you can actually take advantage of this and go into a video game's image library and track down the various pictures of the characters that are depicted in the video game. Whereas this does create sort of a limitation on the kind of characters you can use, it does mean that you can use them for, with a lot more than static images. In other words, you can have them running or walking or you know, shooting off laser rays, that sort of thing you can have them be a little bit more dynamic than with straight clip art. 
And if you're thinking you can't really do anything sophisticated with them, you might want to check out a thing called the 8-Bit Theater, which was based off Final Fantasy characters. Um, a lot of those characters are pretty much became memes in and of themselves. You know, you definitely had an idea what the Black Mage could do, and you generally accepted a certain level of sarcasm from them, as well as fatalism as far as other characters were concerned. You know, hey, you, you had your arm chopped off? I can use that. Or you had the Red Mage, who would, it was infamous for messing around with his character sheet to give him whatever abilities he needed at the particular time. You also had parodies of the you know, fighter types, so on and so forth. So you can actually get away with a lot of sophisticated writing as far as the sprite comics goes. However, like you weren't expecting a shoe to drop in here, right? There are two problems. First off, they have a really bad reputation because they're seen as basically being really lazy. You, just obviously you're not doing your own art, you're depending on somebody else's work to do your work for you, and so they have sort of a really bad reputation and... A lot of people back this with being really badly written. You know, it was just simply, hey, let's make fun of the game and hope nobody notices. The only problem is, is that there is a little one, a little problem in that you are using copyrighted characters. Because of that, you do have a greater chance of getting a cease and desist letter, especially if you happen to have some sort of success with this particular comic. So. Uh, if you're going to use a sprite comic, go for it. Just keep in mind the possible copyright issues. Part of me is realizing this is just going to be such a nostalgia trip for some some of us. So, if you got any one of those, enjoy. One other type of character that's worth noting along the vein of the sprite comic is the Avatar comic. Unfortunately, I'm not referring to Avatar The Last uh, Airbender. What I'm basically looking at is that some sites have a reasonably sophisticated way to create avatars for various other sites, and these are sometimes used in comics. A guy online, for example, at one point was really infamous because a lot of people were using their avatar generators to create a lot of different types. So... You know, the only problem is is that their characters are pretty much limited to one pose, or just a couple of different poses. On the flip side, this allows you to a lot of really great detail and allows you to create whatever character you're trying to depict. It's just you do have a little bit of problem that, well, like I said, you know, there's not a whole lot of poses available. That's still an option, however, out there. But again, you're going to be looking more of a talking head situation. Also, you're going to have a lot of fun trying to set up the various backgrounds and that sort of thing. Even though some of the avatar creators do have the, they do give you the ability to create rooms. I sort of point this out because with the sprite, what you can also do is use the backgrounds of pretty much anything you can get a hold of, or you can make them yourself. You know, you do have options on backgrounds at this point. If you can get your hands on one of these simpler graphics programs, like the original MS Paint, you can do a thing called a pixel pop comic. What these basically did was they took the various... Basically what you're doing is going for a retrofill. 
even though you're not meaning to. You're just basically doing, you know, reasonably unsophisticated characters using an unsophisticated um, graphics program, and well, using it to make your comic. So you're going to get back. You know, you're going to basically have characters that look like they were designed for us the 80s and 90s video games, which can actually be sort of cool in and of itself. Especially if you have any kind of actually sophisticated art going for you. You know, you can actually know what shading is and you can actually work with perspective. So, you know, there is that advantage and they actually do look uh, to a certain degree like a sprite comic. In fact, a couple of comics actually took advantage of that. In a really weird way, we're looking at something that's essentially a little bit more sophisticated version of a stick figure. Rather than doing a stick figure, which is something you can actually draw on a pad, however, you're actually using... Like I said, a really simple graphics program. And keep in mind that a lot of your tablets actually can access those kind of same programs. Um, the Kindle has a number of them available. And, of course, you can always get stuff through uh, Google Play. So, finding the right kind of program isn't a problem. It's just having a little bit of fun learning the program that can. But nonetheless, you can still get it with a whole lot and it gives you a nice little retro feel. Just because, if you want to, you can actually do an interesting combination of combining clip art with an MS Paint situation. And actually have a little bit of fun with it. What this basically translates down to is doing paintings and modifying them just a little bit to give them googly eyes. Or to give them actual mouths. So, you can actually take advantage of some of the simpler graphics programs. Modify the clip art just a little bit to give it faces and that sort of thing. And have a little bit more fun with it if you're getting tired of just simply scaling it and all that other fun stuff. Just letting you know there are other options out there. Uh, if you really want to see something fun, look up a comic called a Fumetti. F-U-M-E-T-T-I. Or, sorry, my mistake. F-U-M-E-T-T-I. Yeah, Fumetti. Uh, it's basically a photo comic. The concept here is that you take pictures, you take whatever's in the picture, you can actually pose to wherever you want to, and then pass that off as your comic. For those of us with a digital camera, this is great, especially if you have any kind of Photoshop skill whatsoever. And keep in mind that whereas I know it sounds like we're talking people, you can actually do this with action figures. Uh, Toy Fair, for example, is infamous for this kind of thing. Uh, you watch Robot Chicken, same basic concept. You can even use, there's even a comic, uh, the irregular web comic, that uses Lego minifigs. So you can have a lot of fun with it. Uh, at the very least, or actually at the very most, if you actually have some friends and you don't mind putting a little bit of money into it, you can actually have some cosplayers actually create their own outfits and you basically pick, picture them doing that. For those of us with a definite steampunk fetish, this is all sorts of cool because it gives us an excuse to actually get dressed up in our top hat and goggles and have some fun. So, uh, of course, if you have some Photoshop skills, you can go in and modify the costumes a little bit, you know, change the colors around, uh, take a person throw them into a bodysuit, for example, so on and so forth. You can have some serious fun with this one. Uh, 
just keep in mind it does require a little bit more time, a little bit more preparation, and it's probably the most expensive option here outside of actually getting an actual illustrator. But if you're basically trying to get into still animation, this is definitely a great way to start. So, you know, have a little bit of fun with it. Now, keep in mind, of course, that you can combine these different methods as you want. Uh, first up, by the way, let me introduce you to a site called StripCreator.com. That will allow you to take your various strip clip art and actually have a little bit fun with it. In fact, they actually you have their own uh, clip art there at the site. Um, however, you can, like I said, combine a lot of this into doing some really weird stuff. For example, you can take a Photoshop version of somebody doing something uh, you know practicing the karate moves for example and throw in stick figures or of course you can take a pixel character and have some fun there or you can actually have a person facing off against a Mortal Kombat character for that matter you can actually make a person into a Mortal Kombat character so you know you've got a lot of options as far as what kind of art you can play with but let's keep in mind there are some serious limitations and other stuff to worry about. Uh, first off, you're going to be dealing a lot, like you said, with what we call bottle shows. So-called for being shows in a bottle. You know, so-called from the ships. Yeah, that's a weird one. Basically, if you've ever seen a science fiction show where they've had people that were pretty much stuck in, say... Um, you know, one particular room, be it the brig or something like that, this is what we're looking at. When you start doing your kind of stuff, the odds are you're going to figure out ways to keep it into one, you know, one set, if at all possible. That's fine. It keeps things nice and simple. It builds up your aesthetic of being simplistic, and so on and so forth. It works for your particular comic. Go for it. Just keep in mind that we are you do want to try to avoid doing that as much as possible. So figure out what the limits of your artistic skill is and build your sets appropriately. The other major problem is, especially if you're dealing with stick figures, is differentiating your characters. In some cases, you're going to be doing stuff that, you know, you're two major different characters, and it's just going to be a minor, you know, one of them has a big head and one of them has a slightly smaller head. That's you've got to use something that's a little bit bigger than that. Cyanide and Happiness, for example, use stick figures, but they use characters with different colored shirts to keep them different. On top of that, you can tell there's four different artists because each one of them has a different way of doing the heads and the shirts. So, if you know, differentiation is going to be hard, especially if you've got two characters that are using the same sprites. Yeah, you're going to want to learn how to do palette swaps really quick. But, you know, the more you can do to differentiate your characters, the better. Keep in mind, you're also going to have potential copyright issues. Uh, this obviously won't apply if you're doing your own art, but if you're doing sprites, possibly if you're doing clip art, because some of them do actually have licenses that you have to uh, go with. Uh, some of them actually do not allow you to use your, their clip art for commercial purposes without actually buying an actual license. So keep little things like that in mind. If you decide to use 
this is where I pointed out earlier with the Sprite comics that you have a limit to your success built into the situation. Even if you think you can claim fair use to some degree, you, that's not always a working defense. So, that's something you might want to keep in the back of your head when you're doing all this. Obviously, you're also going to have limited actions, especially if you're using clip art, if you're using sprint, uh, sprites. With, you know, you're going to be doing a lot of talking head stuff. Great. If, on the other hand, you're doing battle stuff, you're going to want to try to keep that. This is where I point out in the clip art that you're going to want to keep as generic as absolutely possible. Because the more generic you are, the more likely that the person went through and actually did different poses for different types of characters. If these happen to be battle characters, you're going to have them pose for different types of battle. This could actually work to your favor. So there are some really neat tips and tricks to keep in mind when you're dealing with clip art. But these are also going to apply when you're dealing with sprites as well. And like I said, if you're using that avatar, yeah, you've got some really great ones out there like the Hero Machine. But it's, you've only got a select number of poses you can actually use. So when you're actually trying to write this stuff up, keep those poses in mind. Otherwise, you're going to drive yourself nuts. And of course, these are going to be very challenging for you to write because you're basically doing a sitcom and it's going to be all sorts of weird. You know, I don't care if you're trying to do something ultra incredibly dramatic, if you're trying to do Shakespeare using stick figures. Yes, you can pull it off. There are, it's been there have been people who have pulled this kind of stuff off, and it's excellent work. But keep in mind that you yourself are going to find this going to be a challenge to write. So instead of trying to basically do a comic the way you want to, and with all the really cool action scenes and all that, you're going to want you know cut that back a little bit, and you want to try to figure out what your limitations as an artist are, and keep those in mind when you're actually doing stuff. Yes, you can do a lot of really great stuff with Photoshop, but, you know, Photoshop will only carry you so far. Figure out what your limitations are and apply that to your writing. There are, however, some major advantages. First off, you're going to be dealing with something that's a little more character-driven than actual plot. Obviously, if you've got limitations that are based on your particular artistic skills, yeah, you're going to be wanting to keep more towards you know, conversations and describing what's going on rather than actually showing what's going on. This will be one of those few times where you're actually going to be wanting to tell rather than show. So you're going to be wanting to look at the old uh, dramedies for some of your inspiration as well as your sitcoms. Um, even your old kids shows. Power Rangers all of a sudden becomes really cool because it works really well with sprite comics, for example. You know, you can actually have some stuff that's really great character-driven because you've got characters that are going to be having nothing but dialogue. You might as well take advantage of it. Also, you're going to have stuff that can be a little bit more philosophical than normal. Again, XKCD and Cyanide and Happiness and even the Dinosaur comics are infamous for, again, incredibly simplistic art, but incredibly deep thoughts. So, don't think you're stuck to doing just, you know just straightforward gag comics. Unless, of course, you're trying to do a gag comic with a, based on Nietzsche, which would be sort of weird in and of itself. Just, 
you know, realize that you're doing stuff that can actually have some philosophical value and go for it. Try to avoid just doing straight parody and, you know, if you want to go meta, hey, now's the time to do it. You can actually pull it off. The obvious advantage is that there's going to be a lot less work. Obviously, if you're doing stick figures, not so much. If you're trying to do way too much manipulation of your images, probably not so much either. But, generally speaking, we are talking there's going to be a lot less work as far as you're, what you're doing. You're just doing cut and paste nine times out of ten with a few mods. So, you know, there is that. And, of course, obviously, it's a little bit cheaper, generally speaking. If you're doing stick figures, you know, you're basically looking at the cost of a drawing pad and a couple of pink pens. Um, sprites, you're going to be looking at the cost of a game. Maybe a couple of them. Depending on what kind of internet access you have. Remember what I said about writers can pretty much find whatever you want online? Here's where it's going to pay off. And the same is going to definitely apply with clip art. You know? You can get a clip art CD that has literally thousands of images on it for a couple of bucks. You really are going to be starting to look at dollar stores in an entirely different way when you start doing your own clip art comics. Same, of course, with um, some of the cheaper, you know, cheaper thrift, thrift stores, that sort of thing. This one of the situations where you're going to be going to thrift stores looking for the old clip art CDs. So, keep that in mind. This also gives you a chance to actually show off some of your skills as an artist. So take, sort of enjoy it. I mean, I know it's basically finger painting to actual illustrators, but, you know, you can actually have some fun with it. If you have access to Photoshop and you have all those filters, hey, definitely enjoy it. Um, if you happen to be a seamstress, now's the time to start showing off those skills. Like I said before, a steampunk photo, uh, fumetti is going to rock. Especially if you apply some basic filters to it. So have some fun with it. I mean, again, we're basically looking at basic crafts, not really ultra-advanced stuff. But trust me, under the right circumstances, some of this stuff comes out as really highly artistic. So keep that in mind and have some fun with it. Alright, so... Just doing a really quick recap because just realized we're running a little bit short here. Um, when it comes down to it, you're going to basically want to try to do whatever you can to get your hands on an artist. You're going to be looking for somebody who's really talented and is obviously just coming uh, is up and coming. If you find that kind of person, talk them into an exposure situation, you're going to be pretty good to go. That's going to be your cheapest possible option. If you can't if you want to try to get an artist to help you, you're generally going to go on and go for about 60-40 split unless you yourself bring something serious to the table. If you happen to have a really incredible reputation and your artist is you know, sort of middling, it is they're getting to be a point where they're well known but they're not really all that well known and you happen to have a really incredible reputation and you're going to be banking on that reputation as part of your marketing strategy, hey, bump it up to 50-50. But keep in mind that your artist is going to be doing a lot of work. Yeah, you're going to be doing a lot of work as well. And you are going to be responsible for creating the universe, so on and so forth. That's why I keep pointing out that you're going to be basically going for a 60-40 to begin with. 
unless, of course, you bring some serious stuff to the table. So, you know, keep that in mind when you're bargaining. As far as the options go, just figure out different types of art that don't require you to actually draw and can actually allow you to have a little bit of fun. Stick figures is the obvious. Uh, clip art's another one. Even though clip art's going to be extremely limited. Sprites, really cool. Really bad reputation as far as being lazy and copyright issues, but those definitely work. Um, pixel art, if you don't mind having a little bit of fun with a primitive graphics program, go for it. And if you happen to have a camera and you have something you can actually take pictures of that will give you some fun, hey, go for that as well. The digital camera is arguably one of the best tools for art out there. Uh, throw in all the various different filters and all that available from Photoshop, and you can actually get a lot away with a whole lot of stuff. You know, you've got a clean-shaven kid, and you want to put an eye patch and some whiskers on him. There are some actual brushes that will actually help you do that in Photoshop. So, you know, Photoshop can be your best friend in this situation. However, nothing... You know, nothing. You definitely take some drawing classes. They're not going to hurt you. Plus, they'll actually help you when you're trying to set up rough sketches of panels later on to an actual artist. That might actually impress them and actually, you know, give you an actual talking point. So, do keep those little details in mind. And just to give this a little bit, uh, this podcast a little bit of value to the artist. Yes. Go to Photoshop and actually explore what you can actually do with it. You, if you're basically doing your own colors, you're definitely going to want to figure out how to work gradients. But you're also going to want to figure out some of the other cool brushes and your filters and your other options. Photoshop is an incredibly sophisticated program that can let you do a little bit more than just scanning your work and color them. So don't limit yourself to that. Start experimenting with a lot of the filters and just see what you can pull off and see what some of the stuff you looks really great you know yeah it's just i can't recommend just playing around with it enough just the artistic filters alone are well worth just playing around with especially when you realize that if you combine them with some of the other techniques and throw them into your own art well you know look at the advantages of what you could do as far as backgrounds go you see a building you like, all of a sudden you can throw it into Photoshop, throw one of the brush filters on it. Uh, Sumi-E is possibly one of my favorites. And you all of a sudden you've got a really cool background for your comic that you didn't actually have to draw. You know, obviously go back and actually have some fun with some of these concepts as well. If you've got a really good skill of mastery as far as using MS Paint or any of those other simple graphics programs, that you might want to play around coming up with your own pixels. Like I said, it's a really neat little 90, 1980s, 1980s little retro fill that can work really great and works really great with a lot of different types of posters. So if you're you as an illustrator trying to actually have some fun and learn some new skills, go through and actually play around with the pixel stuff. You know, there's a lot of really great fun you can have as an artist in there. Um, another fun thing that happens every so often is that you actually have a people who take really basic, boring 
thrift store type paintings, you know, the kind of stuff that you would see in an office that they try to pass off as art, but we all know is ultra boring. People are actually having fun and doing weird stuff with that office art. Uh, some of them have turned into alien invasions, monsters coming out of weird places. They have sword fights in the middle of the you know, Amish countryside, and so on and so forth. Just as the writer is going to be looking for weird ways to do his particular art, do the comic without being an illustrator, it doesn't mean that you, as an illustrator, well, okay, obviously you need a writer. Um, I mean, there's some really great writer artists out there, but the key here is take some of the ways that a writer can get rid of an illustrator and start having some fun with those yourself. Like, point out right at the get-go you've got a lot of people who are doing a lot of stuff than just simply drawing you've got people who are doing watercolor you've got people who are doing oils you know you can have a lot of fun and try doing comic in nothing but charcoal yeah i tried it once personally all right i'm a writer so you know how well that turned out but the bottom line here is take advantage of a lot of the stuff i'm telling the writers to do and apply it to your own art. So yeah, I know that was a weird topic shift, but I'm just trying to point out to the artists that there's a lot of really cool stuff that they can do to make things their own weird way. Um, heck, if you really want to try something weird, try doing a clip art type comic that obviously is clip art that you've made specifically for the comic. So there's a lot of really great stuff you can do to enhance your own skills and have a lot of fun with it. So I guess I better go back to excluding the illustrator from this again, right? Right. Um, yeah, as, you know, there's a lot of really neat stuff you can do, especially if you start combining some of these techniques. Um, you know, a Mortal Kombat stick figure show-off would be all sorts of fun because of Stick figure has a lot more flexibility than your Mortal Kombat characters would have. You know? Or if you want to do, you know, take some pictures of some dinosaurs. Those good old little rubber monsters that we all used to like playing with. All of a sudden, you can throw them into Photoshop, throw a filter at them, and all of a sudden, you've got a really great monster for your comic that you didn't have to put all that effort into doing. So you've got this cute little sprite comic that has, say, Mortal Kombat characters running around. And all of a sudden, you decide to throw your own invented kaiju in there who's actually, you know, a Groot piggy bank that's been photoshopped to heck and back. Or, you know, if you've got a picture of your family pet running around, throw them into Photoshop, put a filter, change the color a little bit, maybe add an antenna or two, you know, and you've got a really great, cute little monster running around. Yeah, I know. I'm having some really fun having just messing with you at this point. Bottom line here is, there are ways to deal without an illustrator. You probably want to avoid them. You definitely want to try to figure out how to get the money to get an artist going for you. But there are ways to avoid having to, pull, you know, having to spend money on an artist. And before you think that all the techniques I've been telling you apply only if you're trying to do this stuff on the cheap and if you're trying to avoid using an illustrator, bad news for you. These have been used in regular comics. Um, photo, comic, uh, photo comic covers, for example, show up in 
Marvel or DC comics every so often. They're pretty much locked out when they show up, but they do show up nonetheless. On top of that, you've got some comics that actually use some of those photorealistic stuff they tend to use in the middle of the comics. Again, they're just mixing in some of the other stuff we mentioned. It's just that instead of using a MS Paint level graphics program, they're using something a little bit more sophisticated to generate a city. Or they're taking a picture of an actual city, toning it down a little bit, again, going into Photoshop, applying a brush, bringing it out, and putting it right in the middle of the comic. You know, there are some really great ways you can have some fun with these techniques in even if you're trying to do this serious yourself. So have a little bit of fun with it. I mean, there's absolutely nothing holding you back but yourself. Just figure out what you want to do, figure out how to approach it, and just do it fun. And like I said, if you happen to be trying to do a fumetti, there's going to be a lot of other techniques that you're going to be used to make it come off right. I mean, I really need to try doing a fumetti myself at some point, just because it's going to be all sorts of weird. But it is an actual art form, and there, people do have a lot of fun with it. So if you have some friends that do some cosplay and are hardcore at it, hey, hit those people up and have some fun and say, hey, I want to try something. Odds are, you're going to be able to get them to do it. So, all I can suggest, like you keep pointing out, have some fun. You know, just go crazy. There should be nothing holding you back when it comes to doing your comic other than yourself. Take some art classes. And I don't care if you're drawing or photography, painting, you know, sculpture. All these are going to help, believe it or not, if you're trying to do weird stuff as far as your art goes. So have some fun with it. Take some, definitely take some film classes. So, heck, you really want to mess around with some stuff? Uh, try those, take those... Stand-up stand figures you get in some games. You know, the kind that you basically have to print out, put a stand on them, or just fold them up. And just have fun with that kind of stuff. There's even a guy out there that actually took some pictures of action figures with firecrackers. What they end up looking like is they look like actual soldiers in a combat situation. Can you imagine applying that to an actual comic book? Just imagine all the weirdness you'd be able to get off of that. So, I cannot emphasize just have fun. Don't always be concentrating solely on just drawing. There's a thousand and one other types of art out there. Track them down and exploit them to the nth degree. Have some fun. So, that said, you know, obviously I'm hoping you enjoy the podcast. If you are, please subscribe to the Patreon page at Two Sparrows. Um, you, you can actually find videos, or sorry, you can actually find many podcasts of very specific tips on how to do very specific things. Um, transcripts of the podcasts are available, and so on and so forth. There are some neat little extras I'll be throwing up to the Patreon page. Uh, there's also two books. There's the How to Create a Comic Workbook, uh, available on Amazon. That basically allows you to create a Bible for your comic. And basically everything you want to know about your comic is there. If you want to create a business plan, you're good. You want to play around with pacing, you can do that. Relationship charts, all the drawings you need, 
you have a piece of equipment or a headquarters, you can put it there in the Bible and you'll have it available for you no matter where you go. And of course, there's also the Writer's Resource Character Building. 90 pages of sheer fun on how to basically do characters on 37 different ways. Check those out. There is a Kindle version available of the um, character building. I debated doing a Kindle version of the How to Create a Work Comic Workbook, but it just didn't work out that well. It's just something about there's something really cool about being able to draw your stuff in there. Again, check that stuff out on Amazon. Please check that stuff out on Amazon. And like I said, the Patreon page is uh, Patreon.com/slash/TwoSparrows. So, have fun and talk to you later.